Hey guys, so the last time I did an episode, by the way, this is episode nine. Like I said, I'm a listener to many different podcasts and I swear every time I say something, there's a podcast about it from somebody else that I feel like every time I say something that it gets talked about somewhere else and because that person has a bigger audience, it like I'm stealing from them, but I promise I'm not. So if you go to the Adam Carolla show from November 1st, uh, he had a guest, Bjorn uh, Lumborg, and he's a climate scientist. And literally everything from episode eight, he was backing me up about it, about how nuclear power is the most efficient energy source that we have based upon the technologies that we've developed. And I promise that, and I, it's messed up because I drop an episode and literally the day before, I think I dropped it on November 2nd and then I downloaded the ACS podcast from uh, November 1st. And literally, they're talking about the exact same thing that I was talking to you guys about it. So I promise I'm not stealing from other people. I'm just getting these ideas in my head, and I'm just speaking about them. Uh, I don't know. I I think it's important that I don't uh, steal from other people, that I come up with my own ideas, and I express my own ideas. And it just seems like because of their current... Um, I guess, for lack of a better word, the current weather pattern. Um, I'm talking about things that are in our climate that other people are also talking about it simultaneously, and they have um, scientists and professionals and all that that actually come on and Uh, back me up and it's actually nice to see because actually when I listened to Bjorn Lumberg I was like yeah that's that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying and I'm just a white dude who's 39 years old in the Pacific Northwest who is a plumber and I have this common sense and I don't understand why nobody else is talking about it I don't understand why other people don't talk about the things I'm talking about. Sorry, I had to pause because my daughter's friend next door was trying to FaceTime her. And she knows she's not home because she's at gymnastics for the next hour and a half. Um, so I just wanted to recognize that. Just because I dropped my episode uh, literally a day after Adam Carolla dropped an episode where he was uh, had a climate scientist on, and he was literally backing me up on. Uh, and and I really wish everybody goes to the Adam Carolla show 
and looks up the no November for a show. Uh, Bjorn Lumberg, he was talking about climate science, um, and that's what he does for a living. And he was backing me up on nuclear energy. And I remember, you know, that's what I was talking to you guys about. Sorry, I'm a little just all over the place today because I'm not well prepared, but I'm still going to talk about stuff. Um, I, the next topic I want to talk about is, so that's a recap, but the next topic I want to talk about is really sensitive to me because I'm really confused and frustrated and I have my opinions about it that I will share some of them and some of them I will not because it's so sensitive in this climate uh, with race. Now, I grew up in an area where there was many different races and we all mixed together, we all played together, we all talk shit together. Um, but obviously, Colin Kaepernick did not. And uh, watching his so-called documentary series on Netflix, uh, I kind of feel... I feel, I don't want to say sorry for him, but I feel that, I feel that he's lost and he needs his father uh, in his life for guidance. Maybe that would help him. Um, figure out who he is as a person, who he is as a man. He definitely has uh, issues, fatherly issues, or we should call them daddy issues. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, I don't understand how he went as far as he did. And the one thing that really stuck out to me that kind of irritated me, because I'm like, how in the fuck do you assume these things? Because my lived experience is assumptions. My lived experience is I felt a certain way, but that doesn't mean factually that's how it happened. And... In the documentary, his father is speeding above the speed limit and the California Highway Patrol officer waves to him as his dad waves back. That literally, and there's 39 million people in the state of California. 
and I've been in California a few times, that doesn't happen, first of all. A California Highway Patrol officer is not going... No fucking cop in the world is going to wave at you. Like, oh, have a nice day, sir. Have a nice day. You're a white man. You must be a good person because you're white. That's so fucking retarded thinking. And I, yeah, I did. I said retarded. Because literally that's what it is. It's such a slap in the face of reality. I I don't I do not understand it and I'm having a hard time processing it cuz I'm like in what world do you live in that obviously does not does, did not happen or has never happened ever the California Highway Patrol thinks of every single excuse to pull you over no matter who you are. Why? Well, because they have quotas. They have to pull people over. And they have to write tickets in order to show their performance. And that's every single state in this union. And I have never waved at a patrolman and if I did wave at a patrol officer I would immediately get pulled over for suspicion of being under the influence of alcohol or narcotics period point blank and I know you guys understand what I'm saying think about it you're driving down the highway, the speed limit's 60, or 60 miles an hour, you're driving 68, and you drive by a cop. The first thing you're going to do is slow down because you don't want to get pulled over, right? Because you might be speeding. Now think about the fact that you actually stick your hand and wave at the patrol officer. He's going to think you're fucking crazy. And he's going to pull you over immediately. I don't... Delusional thinking, it happens. I, I understand that. I understand, like, lived experiences, things of that nature. Like, yeah, people experience racism. Also, people experience prejudice, and that's just not prejudice with in a skin tone, but prejudice in every single situation. Um, my personal thought is that I think that Colin Kaepernick really needs to find his birth father and talk to him and have a relationship with him and i i understand that it's difficult 
I understand the difficulties. It's it's really tough to explain. Cause like I really, I actually really feel sorry for him that he's actually resorted into, um, and I don't want to say race baiting because it's not really race baiting. It's just he's resorting to the fact that I'm going to use what I look like to profit off of the victimization of an entire race you know you know what i'm talking about like al sharpton jesse jackson you know the people who actually just ride the coattails of racism and profit off of it that's what he's doing that's he's that's what he's doing with his nike contract that's what he's doing with this documentary film and it's really pathetic and i wish him the best I, I i hope he gets the help he needs to figure out the person who he is but that's i'm gonna i'm, I'm laying it down that's what's happening he's profiting off of the victimization of ancestors and speaking of that um i've been i'm very i understand football very well i understand it to a point where i can see what the offense is doing i can call plays i can see what the defense is doing i can see how the secondary is reacting etc cetera, etc cetera. so i also used to play um uh, I used to also participate in fantasy football leagues, etc. And I don't anymore because I just kind of got bored with it because it was too easy winning. But I remember when I first started uh, fantasy leagues, Colin Kaepernick um, busted out from Alex Smith. Alex Smith went down, he got hurt. All of a sudden, Jim Harbaugh put Colin Kaepernick out on the field. And what happened is he was a breakout he was he was breaking place 30 yards plus etc throwing deep balls touchdown touchdown win 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 the thing about football is that it's a military game and people understand that about football is that football was originated for military conduct for military sport for men on men um scheming against each other and so kaepernick tore it up tore literally tore it up it was like oh my god he's the best fantasy player ever because he was rushing he was doing what's called the run pass option and jim harbaugh wanted him in his run pass option and the reason why is because harbaugh uh was off of his his first year in the nfl coaching for san francisco beforehand um he was coaching at stanford which is a college well we all know who stanford is so the run pass option offense is very popular in college and the reason for that is because you get very athletic people 
Um, and having a very athletic quarterback, you can take advantage of their athleticism. The problem with the RB, so run pass option, it's called the RPO. For an abbreviation, the biggest problem with the RPO is that you can't, it's not a long-term thing. And the reason why is because when you have a run-pass option quarterback, they have to read the defenses and call plays and, and, and read what's going on in the field. And yes, they may make a big play, but when they have the option to run and when they run, they get tackled. And when they get tackled, they are going to get damaged. And it is not a long-term solution to an offense. That is the reason why in the NFL, they always want what's called a pocket passer because the pocket passer is not going to have the run option. Um, you can see that throughout the history of the NFL. The only, the only quarterbacks to this day that have been successful with an RPO option are Russell Wilson from the Seahawks and Aaron Rodgers of the Packers. Now, of those RPO option quarterbacks, their very last resort was to run. And so when you get back into the pocket, the pocket means is that when the quarterback drops down, the offensive line forms like a U-shape around the quarterback and they're blocking anybody who comes near him. And so when that that U-shape starts breaking down, like someone breaks through that U, they have a run option every single time. And some people run too quick and some people stay in the pocket and try to scramble around and scramble out of the pocket to try to find a receiver to throw to. And that's the biggest difference. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, they can run like the wind, but they don't. They use the run as the very last option. And the reason why they do is because they recognize that running on a breakdown play is the very last resort because when they get tackled, when they get hit, it's going to take games away from them. It's going to shorten their career. And you can see this, and my my best um, example would be Robert Griffin III. And people know him as RG3. He played for uh, the Redskins. His rookie season is 2013. As soon as the draft was happening and he gets picked number one all around from the Redskins, it's like, oh my God, RG3, RG3, RG3. Like nobody could stop talking about him. And I understand this is 
he is a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. And he can do anything on the field. He can. But the thing about football is that it's a team sport. It's play your position. RG3, Robert Griffin III, he could play two positions. That's how good he is. The problem happened is that he just kept playing. And I and I told everybody this. is like, when you have a running quarterback like that, they're going to get hurt. They're going to blow out a knee. They're going to blow out a shoulder. They're going to blow out something. And sure as hell, in uh, the playoffs with 2013 against the Seahawks, uh, at home, he blew out his ACL again for the second time. He blew it out in college, and he blew it out again. And he hasn't started on an NFL team since. And that's kind of boiling down to Kaepernick. Kaepernick is a phenomenal athlete. He is. But what people understand with him um, protesting police brutality, and I get it, cops are assholes. They're assholes to everybody, not just black folks, white folks, Asian folks, Latino folks, all the folks. They're assholes. Sometimes you get a cool cop. Most times you don't. That's what happens. Um, but with Kaepernick, you know, under Jim Harbaugh, he went to a Super Bowl. He lost the Super Bowl. And the entire offseason, every single defense, every single defense, every single team that was not the 49ers schemed against Kaepernick's playing abilities. And they schemed against the 49er offense. And they beat it. They figured out how Colin Kaepernick plays. And he was a non-factor after that. Jim Harbaugh got fired from the 49ers. He took a season off. He goes to the University of Michigan. So now he's not in the NFL anymore. He's at the University of Michigan. Colin Kaepernick is starting under a new coaching scheme. And then after a few games, he gets benched. And now he's the number two quarterback instead of number one quarterback. And that's when Kaepernick decides he's going to start taking a knee. And that's my big question here. It's like, it, really, is it one of those things where is is it really about pr police brutality or is it about your job? Because the whole time you were you're rushing and, and and winning games and all that under Jim Harbaugh, I've seen you every single time. I didn't even know you were black. I thought you were like Persian or something. And then all of a sudden, you're going to grow your hair out in this season and, and colon roll it up and then be like, no, I'm black and police brutality and all this other bullshit. Like, okay, cool. Didn't know you're, I didn't know you're a mix. I literally thought you were Persian. I thought you were like Iranian. 
literally. And so did most other people. And still to this day, folks look at you like, I'm sorry, there's Jewish people who can, who can grow a fucking fro. I mean, that doesn't mean they're fucking black. Just because you can grow a fro and you want to fucking braid your hair. People have been braiding their hair for fucking centuries. White folks have been braiding their hair for fucking centuries as well. For a fucking millennia. What does that mean? For braids? I don't get it. You know, as, as being who I am and growing up around the people I did, I understand and, and I personally understand um, his issue because I've, like, had the same feelings. Who am I? I have that feeling for my personal my personal experiences that I'm not going to share right now but I've had that experience the exact same experience Colin Kaepernick has had his entire life I've had my entire life as well but there's a point where you need to be a man and define who you are instead of chasing who you are I feel that he needs to find himself because I feel like I found myself and I understand where he is at as a person. But really what bothers me is he's profiting. He's, he's actually cashing checks from Netflix. He's cashing checks from Nike. Trying to be an Al Sharpton asshole who takes the tragedies of other people and profits off of them. So that's what I will say about that. I, I, I know I babbled a little bit, so I'm so, I apologize. I just, I get in a rant and I'm going to rant a little bit. Sorry if it doesn't make sense. And if you want to talk shit and tell me how much of a piece of shit I am, you can, uh, email me at followthemouth at gmail.com. With that said, with all the cussing I just did, my wife decided to listen to this podcast and she told me that I shouldn't curse that much because it makes me sound like I'm uneducated or I am, and she didn't say stupid, uneducated. And, eh, I guess, but, you know, this is my thing, not her thing, and I'm going to be the person I am I think and just keep rolling with it and say what I want to say say how I want to say it and if you don't like it don't listen to it that's just kind of where I'm at with it um I'm as educated as much as I read and I think that's with everybody like I don't care if you went to Yale or you went to East South Central Community College it doesn't matter. It's just the place you went to. One has more prestige. One does not. Um, read books. Educate yourself. Follow politics. And then you can actually comment on them. And that's that. Um, 
Oh, Virginia elections. This is cute. Um, so another black woman, well, not another black woman, another black person got elected. Um, I wouldn't say another, sorry. I was talking about Larry Elder earlier in the episode, and I was literally dumbfounded about how someone from the LA Times said that Larry Elder, a black man, was the black face of white supremacy. And now a lieutenant governor just got appointed. And I forget her first name, but her last name is Sears in Virginia. And now she's also um, a black face of white supremacy. They didn't say exactly that, but they said it's a black a black face with white ideas. And that's not in my experience. That's not my experience at all. And I know it's not anybody who's listening to this experience as well. Um, people agree with you or they don't agree with you. Period. That's all it is. Um, just because you're a certain race doesn't mean you need to think a certain way. And that's where the liberal folks have lost me. Like, I, you have to be in this this box and you have to think this way and you have to have this narrative etc etc and it is so asinine um i i honestly do not know how these media companies are even in business at this point you can take a black woman who is a descendant of immigrants that came here and she's an ex uh military i think i believe she was in the marines and now she's a lieutenant governor and there's people on cnn and msnbc saying that um what you're seeing is a black face but beneath the black face is just a white ideology Are they going to interview her and say, hey, so um, you're a person, I'm a person. Let's sit down and talk about, hey, you're not fitting in this shell. You're not fitting in the box that us as an ideology are putting you in. So explain to us why you do not fit into this box that we're putting you in. No, they are not. They're telling us that this black woman is a white supremacist because she doesn't agree with what they're saying and the boxes they're putting all of us in. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. I, I'm so disgusted. I'm so disgusted. And that's the biggest thing about this leftism. This leftist ideology. Liberal is out the fucking door. It's extreme leftism. And this is the biggest thing is 
I'm going to take a break in a second and I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to come back. But leftist people, and let me tell you, every day I'm in Seattle, in the city of Seattle, all these crazy fucking left people, they're actually really conservative. And you think that's like, what do you mean? No, they're conservative as hell. It's just their ideologies are very leftist. But the way they live their lives are extreme conservative. Way more conservative the way I live my life. But they don't share that. All they share is that all they want to share is the ideologies they think the masses should have as they live their nice, cute, conservative lives. And I'm going to break now, and I'll be back here in a heartbeat. Okay, so liberals are conservative. Absolutely. They vote liberal, but when you walk into their homes, they're very conservative. I know this because I walk into liberal homes every single day of my life. I consider myself a liberal to a point. I'm very liberal socially. I'm very liberal with my kids. I let my kids make their own decisions. And um, so does my wife. It's okay if my son or my daughter like the same sex, if they, if they are gay, straight, binary, um, if they're transgendered, I don't really care because I love my children. And that's the way I feel. Because they are my children and I'm always going to love them. And most liberal folks that I come across, and I'm speaking of, what, 20 years of experience when I walk into these homes, is they don't, it's hard to explain, because they're very anal about everything that happens in their inside their household. They're very conservative. Bedtime is a certain time every single night. Um, uh, the food has to be prepared a certain way. Um, shoes off, this, that, the other thing. So the definition of being liberal is in excess. And they do nothing in, in excess. The typical liberal is going to go to a nice fancy college and accumulate a shitload of debt and they're going to get a job that um, proceeds with what their education is and then they're going to work until they're about 35 and then they're going to meet somebody and marry that person. And then about right about 40 years old, they're going to start talking about having kids. But, you know, men can bear children for well, well into their 70s or 80s. 
but women cannot. So by the time men decide to start having kids as liberals, it's mainly with IVF, IVF treatments. And so I meet lots of people who are in their mid to late 40s having these two and three old kids running around the house. And like, the thing that bothers me the most is that I, I always tell my son that the reason why I decided to have you when I was 25 years old is because I knew that if I waited, I would wait too long and I was going to have you. And by the time you were running around, I'd be too damn old to play with you. And that's what I see from the people that I work with. I would, I don't want to say work for, um, but work with, I should say it's, <clears throat> difficult to explain exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm trying my best. So, and with what I'm saying today and with the podcast that's happening right now, um, unedited is I'm doing it literally off the cuff. I have no preparation whatsoever today. So I'm sorry if it doesn't make any sense. Right, and if I'm going around the circles, um, but liberal folks in Seattle where I work are the most pretentious anal assholes I have ever met in my entire life. They're the most unwelcoming, angry, mean people that I've ever met in my entire life. And so I don't understand how any of that is liberal. Liberal to me means that you are welcoming. Um, you open your doors to folks that who are of any walk of life. You don't put rules in front of them of how they are supposed to act, supposed to behave at any time. But these jerk-offs who went to Yale and Harvard and Stanford and Berkeley and this and that want to do nothing but put present rules of how I am supposed to behave in their household prior to walking in their household which makes no sense if you are an actual liberal. A liberal is going to welcome all, but they don't. There's a precedent of, I only welcome the people who are going to behave the way I want them to behave. And so, Liberals are really conservative. They are. They vote very liberal. They vote radical 
left, but they aren't actually what they vote. They are anal, retentive assholes for the most part. If you're going to be liberal, then let people, let your kids actually decide what they want to do and who they want to be and let them grow and grow into themselves, grow the, grow into the people who are they, they are going to become. And liberals have a really hard time with that because it doesn't really set in with the doctrine from the university that they learn from. So that's kind of a little bit about that. I can get more in detail about it later in another episode because I'm kind of over it. I'm really over with the type of people that I need, I have to live around. Um, they contradict themselves almost at every single step, but they don't realize they're actually doing it. And it's sad to me that they don't realize they're doing it. 